Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello, joined as always by Calvin of RBM. And um, we're going to break down a few things today. We've got a lot of games to talk about. We've got Frank Lampard's first match as manager. Um, we've got to break down what's coming up this weekend. Um, but first, Calvin, how are you doing today? Hey, doing well, Gino. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. And, um, you know, uh, it's... Could be a little bit better on the Everton side of things. Obviously, a win on Tuesday would have helped. But um, let's start with the good. Let's start all the way back on Saturday when things um, got started off in the Frank Lampard era. Um, Everton take on uh, Brentford in the, um, in the FA Cup. Um, really a, a pretty, I mean, all accounts dominant performance from Everton in this one. Um, let's start with the lineup, though. Lampard names his first lineup, goes with three at the back, um, goes with the 3-4-3. Three, three. What were your thoughts when the lineup initially came out? Yeah, I, say I thought I was, I was a little surprised, right? Um, I, I think uh, having heard that Lampard favored the 4-3-3, three, three, you know, and obviously with the issues that were midfields been having, uh, I think it was a bit of a surprise to see Everton come out in a 3-4-3. Three, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's an interesting strategy because I think Everton, obviously, the weak, biggest weakness in the team over the last couple of months now has been the defense, right? Um, I, I guess it's a combination of factors. Obviously, not having any possession in midfield, you know, puts us on the back foot all the time. So then the microscope is really on the defense. Um, you know, the smallest errors get magnified. We can see goals. We're making all sorts of mistakes. Um, so, you know, I think, I think going with the 3-4-3 three, three was, was an attempt to um, pretty much on all fronts helpful. I, I think it was to give more defensive coverage. I think it was to get more bodies in the middle. And it also put our three best attacking players on the pitch, which is Richarlison, Gray, and Gordon. So yeah. uh, it was an interesting selection, but I, I don't think it was bad. It, it was very different from, say, when we went the the four five one or the five four one under Rafa, right? Because the, the, the wing backs or the full backs, as you will, they, they were definitely pushing much more forward. So it was different. I, I wasn't, I was, I was surprised, but I think it, it started well. It looked good. Yeah, it definitely, um, definitely was a little bit of a shock um, looking at it. Um, I think a lot of us, like you said, I think a lot of us expected us to go three in the midfield after all the troubles we've had with two in the midfield and the way our midfield has looked. Um, yeah. Obviously, no Delhi, no DV, uh, no uh, Van de Beek, no El Ghazi yeah. to play in this one. So we were kind of limited in what we could do. Decore out, so um, you know there wasn't m- many options that he had. But like you said, I think I think it worked out pretty well. I think you know, I mean, we we played really well throughout this match. I mean, really, I don't know yeah. if there was really any point that we felt that we weren't in control of this match. Um, I mean, even if you look at the statistics, I mean. Um, from this match, we were at 56% possession, um, 14 shots compared to their four, five on target compared to their two. Um, so, I mean, yeah. it, it was a, a solid dominant performance. Brentford tried to slow us down a little bit, 13 fouls compared to our five fouls. So, um, you know, it, it was, I think it was in all accounts, a pretty solid match and a solid start to, to, to the season. Now, um, you know, we are to the Lampard era now, I mean, This is um, very different for us because we actually took a lead in this match. Um, How did the first half – I mean, obviously, we were only up one nothing after the first half. How did the first half make you feel about the way things were progressing 
and the way that this team could work under Lampard. Yeah, I think I think it felt good. I I think just right from the outset, the difference was very clear, right? We were choosing to play the ball out from the back, right? That that became very clear. I think we had a pretty good idea that was going to happen from the training videos that we'd seen coming out of Finch Farm. Um, obviously, Brentford being as passive as they were certainly helped, right? Uh, Brentford not necessarily known for um, pressing too far, too high up the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it helped that we were able to get those first couple of passes out of, out of the back line and into the midfielders. And so, and even though Brentford were lined up in a sort of a three, five, two with a lot of bodies in the middle, I, I think it really allowed for Gomes and for Alan Alan to come come back, get the ball, turn, and find, you know, the wing backs or, or find other players. And, and, and it, it, it looks comfortable. It was interesting. And for, for having had one week in training the, the, uh, under Lampard, the, the, the players looked very, very comfortable on the ball. I think after we scored, uh, there was maybe a 10, 15-minute spell towards the end of the first half where um, Brentford sort of really made a go of it. Um, Ivan Tony, we have to give him credit. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him on Everton, right? I mean, he's he he he's a hundred percent player. He he, I think he alone was pressing, which helped because you know when you only have one player pressing, it's it's pretty easy to go around him. Um, so yeah, I I don't I don't think we were ever not really in control of this one. Um, I I think the defense, uh, Everton defense, did look a little shaky with the ball at their feet. Again, that's not news to us. I, I think it's something we have known all along about our team, right? So they did look a little shaky. They looked a little nervous. Um, Yerimina coming on so somehow actually made the difference, surprisingly enough, right? Uh, ben Godfrey picked up a bad injury. Um, that was really unfortunate. And I think he's been one of our Ironmen on the team. So I think Yeri coming on obviously helps with the ball. Uh, of all our defenders, I think he's the best ball-playing defender we have. So... Um, and it was no surprise Yeri got the goal. He's finally actually getting two set pieces. So, yeah, no, I, I think it was a good first half. Definitely a good start to Lampard senior. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was, it was nice to see them be more progressive, be more attacking, hold on to the ball a little bit. Right. Um, and then in the second half, it really, it really kind of took off in the second half. Obviously, Richardson gets his goal three minutes in there yeah. on the on – the, um, was that the pass from Allen over the top? Yes. Yeah, yeah that was a great pass from Alan. Yeah. Yeah, nice pass over the top from Allen um, for Charleston's second goal. Then things go a little bit of hay, a little bit haywire. Tony gets the penalty kick. Um, you know, the thoughts start creeping in. Oh, here we go again. Um, but <laughs> yep. uh, you know, eight minutes later, Holgate gets on the back, gets on one at the end of the back post off of a set piece, um, and really from there it was smooth sailing. Townsend comes on, he scores a goal himself. What was different in the yeah. second half that allowed us to be more attacking and get on the end of some balls and actually put the ball in the back of the net as opposed to the first half where, you know, we were getting forward, we were pushing the ball forward, and I uh, just, you yeah. know, the chances weren't coming as much. So, you know, obviously going ahead and having a lead helps, right? Because then Brentford, again, this was a knockout game, right? This was the FA Cup, right? So Brentford... Uh, they had to make a real go of it, right? And and once they got their their penalty, and even before the penalty, they missed a couple of really good chances too. And uh, you know, it was that dreaded two goal lead thing, right? Were Everton really going to cough this up at home? You could you, every time Brentford pushed forward, even before 
they got their equalizer or the, they pulled back one goal, you, you could hear the groans in the stadium, right? Because, oh, geez, here we go again, right? And, and then they got a chance and then they had another chance. They, they had that brilliant ball that just went right through the six-yard box. No one could get a touch on it. And that, that, that could have escalated really quickly. But I think the players showed some composure, you know. And again, it really, really helped that Brentford are a poor team. It's, uh, yeah. They're somehow ahead of us in the table. And we can talk a little more about that later. But Brentford are a really poor team. And I, I think it, it helped um, on the confidence front. I think it helped Frank uh, in his first game in charge of Everton to just settle in. So, yeah. Yeah, like you said, I think the thing is here with Brentford is just they made so many mistakes that we capitalized yeah. on. And listen, we forced them into some a lot of those mistakes as well. It wasn't, sure. you know, it wasn't all of their own doing and self-inflicted. Um, but, you know, I think that they certainly helped us kind of along in this match and kind of keep hold of our lead. Um, it was, you know, like you yeah. said, it was a little bit touch and go there for a little bit, but Everton get four goals, the most in any man- Everton manager's debut, am I correct? Or the, just the tied for the most? In yeah, an Everton yeah I believe. Debut? I think it is the highest. Yeah, yeah. So, um, obviously a great start for Everton. And a good, you know, this is, I think, it was a good barometer to set just because, like you said, Brentford is a team that we are going to be competing with in that relegation battle um, at the bottom yeah. of the table. And... Also, I mean, we talked about this last week, this FA Cup run, if we're going to go on any FA Cup run, it's going to be tough because it's going to be without two of them, what we expect to be the main players in this system once they get yeah. affiliated with it and, and worked into it. So, um, yeah. and, and as of right now, we're out without Decore and we'll get into some of the other injuries that have popped up. We mentioned Godfrey and whatnot. We'll talk about that in a little yeah. bit. But um, overall, I thought it was a solid performance by us. I think we capitalized on their mistakes, which we don't tend to do. We don't tend to force these worst no. sides into mistakes <laughs> no. and capitalize on those. So that was nice. Um, was there a, a standout player for you that, that was, you know, the person or the guy in this one that, that you really you know, yeah. wanted to shout out? Yeah, I think there's a couple of names, right? And, 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 and funnily enough, it's, 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 it's the usual suspects, as, you, as we call them, right? I think Damari Gray was brilliant, right? I, I think he's been brilliant more often than not. Um, if it weren't for Demari, we probably would have had half the points we've had in the league so far. Um, I, I think Anthony Gordon was great again. Um, I, I think the kids come along so much just this season, right? I, I think every time he gets on the pitch, he's he's out there. He wants to play. He wants the ball. He wants to run at the defense. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Gray and Gordon, no surprises there. I think they were very good. But I, I think let, let's give let's give let's give some credit to Andre Gomes, right, for this one. I, I think um, we, we've we've had the Andre Gomes experience, right? It's, it's a very roller coaster experience. He has a good game. He has an awful game. He has a couple of games where he completely disappears. He's he's just not an every every game starter, right? Yeah. But I think in this game, uh, I, I think in this game against this opponent, I, I think he was he was very good. I, I think the he he really embodied what football Lampard wanted to play, you know, that whole enjoy the ball concept. And then Alan as well. I think he had a great game too, right? Yeah. Uh, Alan's offensive ability often gets overlooked, right? We, we kind of look at him as a central defensive midfielder, but Alan is, is, is a much more creative player than, than he gets credit for. And I think he showed it in this game. I, I think that, that, that ball for Richarlison's goal was one of the better passes you will see in the entire 
season, right, for, for us. So, uh, yeah, I, I think the two midfielders definitely had a good game too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously you mentioned it. Uh, Gray and Gordon, they've been phenomenal for us all season, really the staples yeah. of our team. And then, like you said, Andre Gomes, I mean, I thought the first half he was a little bit shaky. I thought he could have been a little better in the first half, but the second half he picked it up. He was significantly better in the second half. And like you said, was really yeah. a um, the reason I think we were able to move the ball so well forward and um you know able to just um continue forward in, in this match and and continue to push on and um I mean is there anything else we really need to talk about in this one I'm not sure there really is uh, oh let's talk about Michaelenko because a lot of people thought uh he had a pretty solid game in this one what did you think about his performance in this sure. game yeah, yeah, I thought it was decent. I, I, I think, I, I think uh, what we had suspected about Mikolenko that he was a, probably a better wing back than a fullback. I think we got to see that quite a bit. Um, he, he definitely showed ability in the opposing half with the ball. Um, again, solid performance. Uh, not nothing outstanding, right? He, he wasn't he wasn't a game breaker, and he didn't make any critical mistakes that I that I recall either. So yeah, I was. I was happy to see that. I I think like a lot of Blues, I was disappointed that Patterson didn't get any minutes in this one. Yeah. Um. You know, it would have been good to see him get get thrown on. You know, late on, like John Joe Kenny came on right late, yeah. late, and like uh, I don't know. I would have liked to have seen Patterson, but yeah. Yeah. No, I would have also liked to see Patterson. It's weird. the situation with him is very weird because it's like you would expect to see him more. Um, I mean, everybody, right. see, it seems like he has all the active, all the accolades are there to be a solid player. And at least in a match like this, I, I mean, I guess I understand it a little bit from Lampard's perspective. He needed to get this, a chance to see what this team would look like if they were going to be put out on Tuesday. I mean, this is his first time with the squad. He hasn't had much time to right. work with many of the players. I think obviously going with the experience there and Coleman was was probably more of a, all right, we need to see what this looks like. We need a more experienced player out there yeah. just so we can, um, you know, Patterson hasn't played any minutes with the club at all since coming. No. So, I mean, he has no familiarity on the pitch in a game situation with any of these players. And, yeah. and right now it's a little bit dire time, so it's hard to work him into certain situations. Um, but I still would have liked to see him at the end of the game as things wore on, you know, 3-1 after we made it 3-1. And, and you know, I would have liked to see um, – him swapped for for Coleman, but um, you know yeah. it didn't happen. Michael Anko, yeah, I think he I think he had a pretty solid performance. Nothing, you know, overwhelmingly like crazy, but I mean right. he was solid, and that's what you need him to be. You need him to be solid. You need him, right? You know, especially defensively to be solid, but also show some promise going forward. And I think he did both of those things in in this one. So um, you know, I think as a whole, we it was a. It was a solid performance. We, had, we made a few mistakes, but those weren't capitalized on by Brentford, thankfully, because they are, you know, a, a, a worse side and in that relegation battle with us and hopefully a worse yeah. side than us. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, yeah, so I think a pretty, a pretty solid overall performance. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on this one? No, no. I, again, I, I think it was just that word of caution, right? So as Evertonians, right, we are – either a hundred percent, you know, up there or completely negative a hundred percent down there. Yeah. And, and I guess, I guess I think we do tend to get carried away and that's exactly what happened. We got super carried away with this one. 
it's like people already talking about, yeah, let's go win the FA Cup, and oh, this is this is going to be great, and the people are already thinking about, yep, how are we going to qualify for Europe this season? And it's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's hard not to get excited. You go out 4-1. It's not like we beat a, a non-Premier League side in this one. I mean, Brentford are a Premier League right. side. They are uh, a Premier League side that is in the general vicinity of us. So I think a lot of us could oh, have God. assumed yeah. that, you know, maybe things were looking up and, and things were going to move in the right yeah. direction. We will get into that next. We're going to take a quick break. But, you know, one <laughs> thing that, that Brentford didn't have is a player by the name of Alan St. Maxim. We'll talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about his, you know, <laughs> Newcastle. And I, there was a lot of things, I think, that went into that match, and we'll get into all of it. So let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, we're back, and we're talking now about the Newcastle match. Um, obviously, as you know, you guys know the result. Newcastle win this one 3-1. An own goal from Holgate. It, really, the first goal, a, an own goal from Lascelles, then an own goal from yep. Holgate on the other end, and a minute later, then Frazier scores in the second half, and Kieran Trippier finishes things off on a free kick. Um, Lampard starts with the same exact lineup as he started with, other than Godfrey, of course, um, yeah. and, and, and Michael Lanko. Uh, Godfrey being through injury, Michael Lanko through what we think is a positive COVID test. Um, yeah. Still though, with the four three th- or with the three four three, um, goes Holgate, Keen, and Mina in the back. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the start first. So um, you know, again, two in the midfield. Let's start. Actually, let's talk about the lineup. Were you surprised by this lineup yeah. not having the immediate inclusion of Van de Beek, Deli Ali in in any sense, whether it be one of them or both of them yeah. in, in this lineup? I, I think I, I was surprised. I, I, you know, I, I really thought the three four three against Brentford was a stop gap formation. Um, and, you know, that Lampard just, you know, needed a couple more days. At least it sounded like it, that he felt that we were very close to getting to that four three three that he, he prefers. Um, so I think on that front, considering Tuesday was, what, three days after the Brentford game, um, I, I, I will say I was surprised. I, I really thought we would go 4-3-3 to match Newcastle's formation. Um, so, so seeing a 3-4-3 was surprising. Um, again, for, for all the reasons that I liked the 3-4-3 against Brentford, I thought we could do the same thing at Newcastle too. So I, a little surprised, but should have worked. It made sense. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, I think it should. You know, it should have worked if everything if everybody played up to the potential that they were. I mean, listen, I think there's two big factors because right. let's talk about the start of the game. Let's talk about the start of the game first. I mean, the start sure. of the game was good. No, I mean, what was your opinion of the it first was, before before the two injuries? What was your opinion of the first twenty thirty minutes of this match? Yeah. I don't think so. I think right from the outset it was very clear, and and so again, Everton are miserable away from home, right? And it's, and, and, and it's understandable why, right? Um, the, the confidence is very low. So, you know, when you go into an away situation with the away crowd, you know, making a bunch of noise, it, it's, it's a difficult situation for a mentally fragile team like Everton right now. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that said, the St. James Park is is considered to be a very hostile place to go play at. It's it's, it's no matter where Newcastle are on the table, uh, they they it's 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 a difficult away game. Usually, or at least usually is. Um, I, I think the Everton players did not help themselves. They might, I don't know if the situation got to them or if they were just, you know, tired from, from having played on Saturday. But the, I think the number of mistakes that we saw in just the first half an hour, uh, and I'm not, when I'm saying mistakes, I mean misplaced passes. I mean, just, just not being able to beat the pressure as they tried to play out the back. I, I think it told. But then at no point did I actually feel that the game was completely out of control, right? I, I thought we were actually showing some positive signs with the ball, attacking. I, again, the, the game was not, we, we were not getting smashed. Let's put it that way in the first half an hour. And, yeah, then, no. and then the injuries happened. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't think we were getting smashed either. I honestly thought it was a pretty solid back and forth game. Both teams feeling each other out. One thing I will mention, you did sure. mention playing out of the back. I know when... We talked to tactically Everton, of course, Matthew, um, when he yeah. or excuse me, not when we talked to him, but when he put out his thread, he had mentioned that in the first match for the Brentford match, he had mentioned that, you know, despite the idea of playing it out of the back, Pickford also played a lot of long balls. And I felt like in the first 30 yeah. minutes here and maybe also throughout the match, we were kind of trying to force the issue of just getting those short passes. And yeah. I understand trying to get the players comfortable with that and whatnot, but I mean, I think playing it long would have been, you know, I, we, you need to mix it up a little bit. If it's not there, it's not there. Right. So I think exactly. that, that maybe we were trying to force the issue in that aspect a little bit, but still, I think that the first 30 minutes were solid. It was a back and forth match. Nobody really showing, I think we showed more of the promise of scoring than, than Newcastle did. We'd contained same maximum, yeah. same maximum, pretty solidly. I mean, he had had his runs, but for the most part, we had contained yeah. them. Um, but of course, then Damari Gray goes off injured. Deli Ali comes in and then uh, in the 25th minute and then 10 minutes later, Mina goes out injured and Branthwaite comes yeah. in. We score, the, we score the own goal in the 36th minute. They come back in the 37th minute, score another uh, score an own goal of their own. And yeah. then everything kind of flew in opposite directions. It was a disaster from there. Um, from there on. Obviously, I think the, the injuries had an impact on this. My personal opinion, I don't know if you feel the same way, I think mm-hmm. that the Damari Gray injury was probably, I mean, I think they were equally as important due to the fact of how unbelievably better the defense looks when Yari Mina is playing with them. But right. I think with the way the, the specific change of Damari to Delhi, I think that hurt us yeah. in the formation that we were in. And not because I don't think, you know, I'm not trying to get on Delhi right away, but I think that he plays a different style. Damari typically runs at Absolutely. players. He's, yeah. he's, he's a terror for people to defend. It keeps those outside right. players honest. I think Delhi likes to drop in, likes to open up, and likes to see the field and distribute passes. And is a little bit more creative in that aspect where Damari is more, I'm going to come at you and I'm going to make you make a decision um, and and make you come in and I'm going to beat you and whatnot. So having those players on the outside, having Richarlison in the middle, I think that 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 helps. And then when Delhi comes in, think that screwed things up a little bit in that aspect. And that's when things started to fall apart. But what was your opinion on on the injuries and how they affected us? Yeah. So uh, I I think you're right, right? I I think, 
we we maybe could have gotten over one of those two injuries, right? Either Gray going off or Mina going off. Um, I, I think having the both of them uh, get injured and the both of them get injured very early in the game, yeah. I think really, really forced Lampard's hand, right? I, yeah. Uh, I, 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 and you're absolutely right. Gray and Dele are not the same type of player. I don't think they thrive in the same situations. And I, I, I think Frank did make a mistake there with replacing Gray with Delhi, right? Because, uh, like you said, right, I, I think just as soon as Delhi came on, the threat that we posed on the left wing just immediately evaporated. Yeah. So between between Gray going off and between Townsend being put into a, an unfamiliar left wing back role, I, I really think any threat that we posed on the left just just immediately evaporated. Yeah. Um, and then. With, with Brantway coming on for Mina, again, not the worst situation, but I think there's a marked difference, like you said. Every time Mina is on the pitch, the defense looks a lot more composed, right? Whether it's set pieces, whether it's aerial balls, crosses into the box. It, it, it's, there's a calming influence with Yeri. Funny to say, because he's, he's such a chaotic player himself, but uh, he really is a calming influence on the defense. And I think as soon as he went off, I, it, it was very clear. And it's like Newcastle were absolutely prepared for that eventuality that Mina would not be in this game. Because as soon as he went off, the bombardment aerially started. We started seeing all the long balls getting played into the back or behind the back line. Um, they started running at the defense a lot more. So it's... It, I, you know, Newcastle, absolute kudos to Eddie Howe. He took advantage of the situation. It clearly, I mean, Newcastle had two or three weeks to prepare for this game. So they did their homework. They saw where Everton's weaknesses were. And they absolutely attacked them and, and ruthlessly exposed us for, for it too. I, I just, you know, again, revisionist theory at this point. I, I really think Frank should not have, um, you know, put Delhi on for Gray. He might have been a bit of a panic situation. Um, I, I can't even believe I'm going to say this, but I, I wonder if, if Iwobi or El Ghazi would have been better suited to replace Gray yeah. because they are more attacking players in that nature. Delhi's skill or Delhi's best years have been when he plays off the striker, playing yeah. off the shoulder of Harry Kane, right? Yes. So I, I think that is what we should have tried to replicate mm -hmm. because he, he is not a plug-and-play player in Gray's area. So yeah. I, I almost wonder if, if Townsend would have gone up into Gray's situation and Iwobi gone into the left wing back, because Iwobi has played wing back for Everton before, not saying he's been great, but even that might have worked out better. So yeah. again, can't fault Frank for that either, right? The, who, yeah. who goes into a game expecting that you're going to lose like a couple yeah. of key players half an hour in? So yeah. And, and I think the other thing too is like, I, I don't think and this is nothing against Delhi. I think this, he is typically in the center of that pitch. Those uh, taking care of that outside role on the left side. I know he's played there before, but I think his defensive work rate is is less than what Graves would be. And and understandably, because he's typically playing up top there behind the stick. Like I don't. Right. If you watch any tape of Delhi over his career, right? It's like whenever he's played out wide, they've tried him out wide multiple times and it's never really worked. You know, it's never really worked no. at Tottenham. So my personal opinion was always just, he is a center of the pitch player. He's a guy who can open up, look at the pitch and make the right pass to guys running down the right, running down the left, the 
a striker making the yeah. run. So, uh, or create something special and get a shot off or something like that, you know? So, but again, it, it, you know, I, I think he wanted to get Delhi in. I think he thought he might be able to use Delhi there and might be able to create, you know, maybe if he used Delhi, change some of the tactics a little bit to create something where he can be effective. I just yeah. didn't think he was effective in this match in the position. And I think it was merely a product of, of not being able to be effective where he was playing. And, and just, I mean, like yeah. you said, I mean, really throughout the whole match, the outsides were where the, the real pressure was coming from. You know, Lascelles yeah. would put some pressure on, 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 kick, on, on free kicks and, and set pieces, and Shelby and Wood would have some play in it. But it was really yeah. Frazier, Willick, Joe Linton, St. Maximin, and then occasionally Trippier yeah. and Target. Like, those were yeah. the players that were putting the most pressure on Everton. Um, and I think it was because if you noticed even, like, Delhi was tending to tuck in more inside centrally as oh, yeah. play was going Absolutely, on. Absolutely, yeah. And so that leaves Branthwaite, who ended up, I think, taking up that left side, that left side of the he back did, three, yeah. and Townsend to basically fend with Frazier, Wood, Willick, Max, St. Maximum yeah. in the middle. You know, it's like it, it didn't really put them in the best position, in my opinion. I think that that was – no. You know, again, it, but I think that they're, you know, even with El Ghazi and even with Iwobi, there's not really a player we have that is as fearful going forward as Damari Gray is, other than Richarlison, yeah. who we, I guess we could have switched over to the right, but DCL, you don't know if he's ready. Do you really want to see Chang? Right. Probably not. You know, so <laughs> it, it's like it, it was a difficult situation to be put in for sure. And I, you can't blame Frank. I mean, listen, he was, he went in there. And within the first 30 minutes, had two injuries. And it's like, well, there goes two year three subs. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, doing down 2-1, he couldn't really affect the game in many ways by making good substitutions. Because we had a terrific bench. But there's only, there yeah. was only one sub he could realistically make in the end there. So, um, yeah, you know, again, things kind of went to hell after that. We did make it to the half tied at one. Also, worth noting, and I don't know if this has ever happened before, but a lot of people were pointing this out too. Holgate was the guy who put the header or put the ball in. So off oh, yeah. right. to the goal. And then Lascelles put it off a Holgate. Vice versa. Goal. So a little weird <laughs> circumstance there. But we did make it to the half. But after the half, I mean, St. Maximum basically just, just dominated us the entire second yeah. half. Frazier dominated us the entire second half. Um, he ends up getting a goal. Trippier ends up putting an unbelievable free kick in. It's like, you know, you give him a – he is one of the best free kick takers, I think, in the, across the yeah, world right he now. I think he, 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 he does a very good job yeah. of that. So, um, you know, it didn't, didn't work out well in that second half, and things kind of went to, to hell. Donny Van de Beek does come on. Let's talk about that a little bit. What were your thoughts on his performance when he came on for Andres Gomez? Yeah, I thought he was very composed. And and again, I don't know how much of that is a function of how much Gomez fell off, right? Because, I mean, Gomez was abysmal. I, I yeah. think um, pretty much he, he started the game poorly. Uh, and as Newcastle, you know, closed him down every time he touched the ball, his game just completely disintegrated. Yeah. Um, and again, I think Gomez continues to prove that he just is not an every game starter. 
Uh, I, I, I almost fear that if we had played Brentford again on Tuesday, Gomes would have probably been bad again because that's exactly who he is. I just cannot recall two good games from him in a row. So that, that, that's, that was really unfortunate. But again, to give Van der Beek credit, I, I think he was very composed in the ball. I think he showed up for the ball. I think he understood the urgency of the situation when he came on because he came on pretty much soon after they scored their second and uh, I think he was. I think he did well finding some passes. Uh, but again, just not having Gray in front of him to receive those passes, I think, yeah. really made a difference. I, I I can't wait for a player as dynamic as Gray, and maybe when Dali is settled in, to be on the end of Van der Beek's passing because yeah. I I think he was very good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? It's like it. it like I feel, like I feel like Donny Vandebeek did did pretty well. I think I think he did pretty well in this in this match for coming out of the position that he was coming into. But I, I find it hard for him to do what he needs to do in a two man midfield and have to worry about the, you know it's. I, I think this is why I I am a very big advocate for going to the four two three one or at least the four three three. Give him mm-hmm. options in front of him, whether it be in the center of the pitch. And on the left side of the pitch or the right side of the pitch, the yeah. striker, whatever it may be, give him options in front of him and let those players in front of him create from there. Let him be that deep lying playmaker that can pick out those passes yeah. and then let the, you know, let them go from there. I, I just, it's hard. I, I, I think it would have been, I, I still think he did really well. I thought he kind of calmed everything down and had a calming presence to the match. And I think he did a pretty yeah. solid job of, picking out the right passes and he looked significantly better on the ball than Gomez did. So, I mean, listen, it, it, yeah. it was definitely an upgrade in that aspect. I just would like to see if you can get gray or Richarlison or gray on gray on the right, Richarlison on the left, Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top and Delhi in the middle for him to pass the ball to with, you know, Coleman, whatever he can offer or Patterson going down the right side, offering something down the right side, a little Michaelenko on the left side, you know, it's like, I think that would provide us it just feel like, and it, you know, maybe we're not seeing something maybe, I mean, but it's, it seems like it's so like it makes sense in our heads and it just like, it doesn't, yeah. for some reason it's not making sense for other people. And I don't know why, <laughs> or for the people that matter. So I, I will, so here's another thing, Aaron, and this, this is something that gets overlooked often, right? So, Having a preseason with a manager, right, especially if it's a new manager and some new players, I think that really has a big impact, right? Because yeah. then these players come in, they, they train for a long time, they get drilled, you know, you get to play a couple of friendly games. And, and so I think the impact of losing someone due to injury is lessened because the whole team has been sort of drilled and this is yeah. the way we play, right? And, 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 and here we are. Like, seriously, it's, it's been 11 days since Frank Lampard has been appointed manager, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it's not that long, right? So even if they had two training sessions a day for 11 days, that's still not a long time. And, yeah. and so it, it's going to take time. It's just the urgency of the situation yeah, is yeah. so extreme because 
because there is no time, right? So it's, it, it, it's the, unfortunately, it's the perfect confluence of all the terrible things that could happen, right? So yeah. between all the injuries to the key players to not having even a winter break of sorts for Frank to, you know, it, to implement some of these things to, you know, I, I really wish, honestly, that we were playing maybe the Manchester Cities and the Liverpools and the Manchester Uniteds right now because you know what, if we're going to lose those games, we might as well lose them while our players are getting ingrained. Unfortunately, we're playing all these relegation six-pointers right now, which are must-win games for us, right? At a time when we are still learning the new way. So that's, it's just, the, like I said, perfect confluence yeah. of all the terrible things that could be happening. And so it, it's the situation where now every game is a must-win for the next one month because... We haven't won a game since September. If we go through the entire month of February without a win, we, we're in deep trouble right now. It's, it's just, yeah. you know, just like abysmal at the end of this month if we still don't have any wins. Yeah, and, and I don't want to scare you, but don't look at the end of the schedule because it's not good. Like, <laughs> yeah, we need it wins does not now. end well. Like we need wins right. now. So it's like, absolutely. I think that's, that's <laughs> a hard thing to balance right now is you want to give him time, which is understandable. Listen, he's only had 11, 11 days as manager and, you know, probably a significant part of the first day as manager, first day and a half was yeah. getting to know the players and also making transfers to bring players in. You don't know when Delia yeah. and Van de Beek actually made it to training and were able to get started, you know, so. There's, right. I mean, it, it's, it's still early, but it's also still late. Like, it's also late. Like, it's still early, yeah. but it's also late. It's like, it, it, like, all I want from, all I want, right, like, if we can, I don't care whether we make it by one point, whether we make it by 10 points. Just <laughs> save off relegation for this season, and then let's see what Frank can do. I think it's kind of a, right. a, a, a difficult job right now. He's got, he's got a lot of pressure on him right away. Um, which doesn't yeah. happen very often um, for for a lot of managers. I mean, yes, it happens with some of those clubs that are near the relegation zone often and bouncing between the championship and the Premier League. But for a club that hasn't really been in that battle significant amount of times, it, you know, there's even more pressure because the fans are a little <laughs> more antsy and whatnot. Yep. So there's going to be, you know, it, it's going to take time to figure these things out. It's just you hope that we can string together a couple wins here you know, we got Leeds, we've got Southampton coming up. If we can get a couple wins back-to-back here, however we do it, that's six more points. Yeah. We have a game in hand. You know, we can make things work here. So um, let's take a quick break. Actually, before we take a break, let's talk about the one thing, one thing that we didn't talk – that I forgot to talk about in the beginning, the John Joe Shelby Challenge. Um, in your opinion, because I've seen a lot of differing opinions, red card, no red card, what were your thoughts? <laughs> so it was, it was a real shit tackle. I'm just going to put it out there. That was a really shitty tackle. All right. Yeah. He had no intention. He was not going for the ball. He was nowhere near the ball. You know, um, I, I think Holgate got booked for a similar tackle where he actually did get the man, but it was his training leg that came in and swept the player. He got a booking. Yeah. It was early. Okay. You know, again, seeing those not given bookings, but the John Joe Shelby was definitely what I call orange territory, right? That yeah. was more than a yellow card. And it was, I would say, close to a red card. Let me put it this way. If this game is at Goodison Park, that's a sending off. 
So it's, yeah. it's a, I guess it's a home team advantage thing, right? And, and same thing. If that was an Everton player making that challenge at St. James's Park, he would have gotten sent off. So let's leave it at that. Yeah, I think, I mean, listen, they tell you, you know, what's, what's the, the, it's like a vicious challenge, anything scissor challenge, two feet in. Yeah. It's basically everything he did in this situation. It was. There was yeah, no chance was. he was going to get the ball. He came right through no. the back of the player. No. I mean, it's about as dangerous yep. as a challenge as you could. There's not many more dangerous yep. challenges. I would have thought yep. it was a red card. Even trying not to be biased, I just think, with the way two-footed challenge, scissor challenge, with the open legs coming clattering through, didn't get the ball, came from behind the player. Um, you know, it, it didn't seem at all like it was remotely even like Holgate's. Like Holgate's no. came through, maybe hit him with the second foot too, but Holgate didn't slide in yeah. either. He was still standing for the most no. part. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it's I thought it might have been red, but again, those things, yes, they affect the game, but you got to go out and win the game when those things don't go your way. So either way, that yeah. sh- it shouldn't have mattered. You know, we can't expect there to be ten men on the pitch every time we want to win a game. We got to, we got to go out there. And we got to win matches. So let's take yeah. a quick break here, um, and then we'll come back and we will finish things off talking about the upcoming match against Leeds. All right, um, we're back now, and we're talking about the Leeds match coming up. Let's talk about a couple things that we've learned. Obviously, it's Friday now that we're recording, uh, Friday morning. We've heard the Frank Lampard press conference. We know the injury updates. Yerry Mina out for eight to ten weeks, it seems like. Godfrey already out yeah. for four to five weeks, I think it was. Um, and then yeah. um, Decore still out for at least another couple weeks, I believe. So things not looking great in the injury department for players coming back. The good news, Damari Gray seems like a more minor injury. It seems like he may come back from that earlier rather than later. It looks like probably he's not available for the Leeds match, I don't think, right? Um, But he may be available next week when we take on Southampton, which is good news. Um, Does it seem – it seems like DCL will be fit for this match. With that, all knowing all of that, uh, and again, sorry, Michael Lenko also, it seems like it was a positive test. Wow. It seems like he is, he is out for this match as well. Knowing all yeah. this stuff, and the, I mean, oh, I mean, it just it never stops with this club. <laughs> knowing all of this, what is your projected lineup? What do you think? How do you think this lines up for, for this match? Uh, same thing again. I, I don't know. I don't know, right? So, I, I want to get all our best players on paper anyway on the pitch for this one, right? Because yeah. if not now, then when, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but just I, I think with all the injuries and with everything, right? Just I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Frank rolls out a three-four-three again, just you know, just to provide extra cover. And you, you got to talk about the the threat that Leeds poses, uh, and think we can get into that later. But just, I, I, I think to get the best players on the pitch, we need to probably be in a 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Um, but just uh, at this point, it's like, you know, like who's, who's alive and willing or ready to play, right? In that case, then I really wouldn't be surprised to see a 3 4 3 and um, see some players who really shouldn't be playing where they are on the pitch. But. Uh, for me, the best the best formation would be a four two three one, right? Uh, get Calvert Lewin starting up top, right? Uh, get Richarlison out wide on the left. Get Gordon on the out wide on the right. 
Um, and then get Deli Ali playing that second striker attacking, central attacking midfielder role behind Richarlison, at least for a half, right? And, yeah. and if it's not working, go make those changes at halftime. But considering we're playing at home, and the crowd is going to be up for this one, right? There's been a big push on social media this week uh, from all the Everton, like the big accounts, the big supporters groups, yeah. to like, let's, let's bring it, right? Let's really bring it. Let's make this an absolute bear pit for Bielsa and his team like this weekend. So I, I, I think with that background, and, if, if, and if, if for any reason Frank Lampard comes out with a conservative kind of formation, I think it's really going to deflate everyone. So I really want us to see uh, this just come out guns blazing in this one, right? I, yeah. you know, we'll get to the score predictions later, but both teams defend absolutely abysmally. So <laughs> let's, let's try to win this one 5-4 while we're at it, right? Yeah. So. Is, is Calvin Phillips injured for this match? He was, he didn't... Yes, he, he is. So... One, so. Well, that's a yep, Calvin Phillips is out. Bamford is out. So, uh, I mean, Daniel James, who's on loan from United, is playing very, very well for Leeds. Yeah. I never thought he would play well as a sole striker, but he got two goals against Villa. We didn't get any goals against Villa, so that was that was definitely surprising. But, um, you know, I, I think he's a, he's a quick, uh, small player. And, you know, let's talk about Leeds, right, while we're talking about formation, right? So, obviously, Leeds' biggest threat is Rafinha, right? That's, uh, Rafinha is... Yeah. It, it, I would put him on the same level as St. Maximon, right? I think the both of them have the potential to tear apart any defense on their day. If anything, Rafinha's finishing is much, much better than St. Yes. Maximon. Yeah. So I think he provides a much more or a bigger threat uh, on, on the Everton left. Yeah, I would um, say... With no... I would mm-hmm. say that in comparing those two, I think St. Maximon is more of a direct can hurt you going at you with his speed and his dribbling. I think Rafinha is yeah. more technically gifted. He's going to be able to put in those crosses, and he's going to be able to cut inside and whip that. I mean, we've seen it last season. Yeah. I think it was when, yeah. when he whipped that cross in or went, whipped the ball in and, and put it in the corner of the net. So I think those are the two. Yeah. But, can, but continue with what you're saying. Yeah. So, and again, with no recognized left backs on the, on the pitch, it's like, what, what is Frank Lampard going to do? I mean, clearly Townsend did not seem comfortable as left wing back. So I, I, I don't think we can do that again. Yeah. So then in that case, it's going to have to be whether we play four in the back or three in the back and, and wing backs. It's going to have to be either John Joe Kenny or Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Um, Coleman looked gassed. Coleman got torn to shreds by ASM. So I, I really don't think Coleman needs to be playing three games in seven days, right? So yeah. in that case, then do we go Kenny on the left and, and Patterson on the right? That's, that's a little scary considering you're going to have Keane and Holgate in the back, right? If yeah. it was Godfrey and Mina in the middle, I would say I'd feel a little more comfortable about that. So this is why I, I, I have no idea what Frank's going to do. I don't think Frank knows what Frank's going to do until like an hour before the game because it, this is, I don't see a, a good way out of this, right? If yeah. he packs the defense with all three of the remaining fit center halves that we have, then, then yeah, maybe throw John Joe Kenny out as left back and I mean left wing back and maybe Iwobi as right wing back. And geez, like I can see the Everton fan base losing their, 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 their marbles already on this one. So, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I just know we got to play all our best players. So that means Van der Beek's got to start, yeah. right? Alan's got to be next to him, right? I, I, I think Gomez is, is okay. He's done. I, I think he's played his two games. He doesn't need to come <laughs> back for a long time now. 
I mean, seriously though, right? So whether it's a 4-3-3 with the midfield of Allen, Van Der Beek, and Delhi, and then you have Gordon, DCL, and Richarlison up top, or if it's a 4-2-3-1 with the same characters, just you know, spread a little differently. We we gotta get those guys on the pitch, or else we're we're, we're looking at we're, we're looking at another defeat. Otherwise, is there any way that we see <laughs> a three at the back system where we're looking at like a three-five-two or a five-three-two? I mean, I'm just throwing things out there. I don't like you know putting him. I mean, you gotta yeah. get the three in the midfield. I you can't go back to the three-four-three. So if he does want to play three at the back, he's going to have to go with Richarlison playing off of, off of a DCL. Uh, DCL. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's I I do not envy his position right now because I don't know. No. If I was him. I don't know what I would do if I was him. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, so you know that that might make sense, right? So maybe 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 we go with this three five two, right? That gives you defensive cover a little yeah. bit, right? And then you have Richardson playing off DCL, but that means then there's no room for Delhi in the starting lineup, right? Yeah, so I yeah, think exactly, then Delhi exactly. So that's like the issue. It's like I don't know. Like what do you what do you do? Um, it. I mean. If you're playing two at the back and Daniel James is starting up top, I mean, Michael Keane better not even be anywhere near. I don't even want him on the roster. He's got to be on the roster, but I don't even want him on the roster. Uh, no. Because he will get right. burned <laughs> so bad. So bad. I mean, Holgate's <laughs> yep. going to get burned bad enough. He's going to get burned so bad on some ball that Daniel James is playing off. Of him. <laughs> like, it's going to be a disaster. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. I, like, if so- we're going to play two at the back, Michael Keane cannot be in that. Like, Holgate's not much better, and I don't know what Brantwaite's <laughs> going to do, but it can't be Michael Keane. I know that. Um, Look, I'm not a betting man, but if you're a betting man, I would put a lot of money on Holgate getting booked and Everton conceding a penalty in this game. Absolutely. Take yeah. that one to the bank right now. <laughs> you're almost definitely right. That actually makes a lot of sense. I actually oh, would be surprised if Holgate got beat and took down Daniel James and uncontested and gets a red card. like. I, I can't like in my yeah, head, and, in my head <laughs> I can't picture any good scenario for this match. No, there isn't, right? So, oh, jeez. So, and and if you're gonna concede a penalty, can you take out your man so he doesn't continue to play after that? Is that too much to ask? Jeez, I, yeah, like, I'm, it, I'm not advocating for violent play, but uh, seriously, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, thankfully, I mean, listen, Stuart Dallas and Luke Ayling, they're they're all right. They're not as dynamic as Trippier and and Target, so I'm not really worried as much about them. Yeah, Harrison's had his good matches, but I'm not as worried about him. Cleesh Cle- uh, and is it Coke? Robin Co- Robert Coke. Uh, in the back there, Coke, yeah. if they go with the same lineup that I'm looking that they went with against against Villa, again, those are players yeah. I'm not too worried about. It's it's Daniel James playing against the back two of Michael Keane and Keen and, Holgate. and yeah. Holgate, and it's Rafinha playing against the left back who doesn't play left back. You know, yeah. Um, so like those are the two things that those are the two things that worry me the most. So. If Everton are to win this game, what do they need to do to win this game? Let's go there. So if Everton have to win this game, I think we've got to score more than Leeds. And I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So if Leeds are going to score four times, we just have to score five. This is, I, I, I just, it's got to be that kind of game. I haven't seen what the over-under on this game is, but if it's anything like 
more than five, like go for it. Absolutely. This, this is going to be a ridiculous game. I think yeah. it's going to be end to end. Right. And it, I think it's going to come down to which goalkeeper is more inspired on the day. Um, I think Messier is a very good goalkeeper as well. So uh, Pickford better, you know, be on his game. And it's, it's just going to come down to who takes their chances better. Because honestly, I just, neither team can play defense in this one. Yeah, I mean, this is what I will say. With Gordon coming, if Gordon comes off that right side and he's playing down that right side, I like his chances yeah. against the right side of Jack Harrison, Cliche, and Stuart Dallas. I like his chances of yeah. winning those battles because Dallas typically gets forward. He's a little bit more of a, an attacking outside back. Mm, rather big than spaces a, back there. Rather than yep. a defensive back. Um, and that could pull the center back over a little bit more, open up some space for DCL in the middle. I like that side. I do like the I do like Richarlison running at Rafinha or Coke or um, Ailing. Like I Ailing, think yeah. I, I think those things yeah. are good, and it could open up space in the middle for sure. It's just defensively, you don't know what you're going to get in this match, and that is the biggest yeah. problem. So I guess we'll have to see what um, what what happens. If you have a prediction, what is your prediction for this one? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think for Everton to win this one, our best players need to be our best players, right? And I, and I think they need to play better than Leeds' best players. I, like I said, I, I'm, 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 again, I'm, I'm going to go with a, a flood of goals in this one. But I, I want to be confident, right? I, I really think if the fans do show up and they don't get down on the team very early on, I think they will make a difference. I, I, I'm going to say I'm going to go with 3-2 Everton. I'm going to say we're going to jump into a lead. Um, we're gonna hold it. It'll probably be three-one, and then we'll try to settle into some sort of defensive shape. And um, Leeds might make it three-two late on and heat some pressure on at the end of the game. But yeah, I'm going with three-two for Everton. Yeah, I um, I I am going to be less optimist optimistic. I'm going three-three. I'm going to go with a tie. I just <laughs> I don't know. Rafinha worries me. I and James He's worries scary. me. I just I I just. I could see it now that he's just going to get in behind Keane like three times and he's going to score on yep. two of them. And it's just like, that's what worries me. Or, you know, and it's like Rafinha passing him the ball inside. You know, it just, with the situation we're in right now, I don't, I don't love the situation we're in right now. You just got to hope that our attacking no. pressure takes a little bit off the defense and they can't, yeah. you know, they got to, you know, we, we pack in tight and we force them to play long balls, and the guys on the end of those long balls are going to be Daniel James, who's like four foot seven. So, you know, it's like you got you to gotta hope that we just pack it in, yeah. and we, we attack, we put the pressure on, and they just can't get out, and that's, you know, that's how we end up winning this game. So we'll you see. Know, I, I, I think to borrow, just, 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 just quickly on this one, right, just to borrow yeah. a metaphor from, from the NFL, right? So... You know, how, how do you beat teams that are very gifted offensively, right? You starve them off the ball, right? So, yeah. um, they, so, and I think we'll have to do that, right? And I think Frank Lampard is teaching this team on how to play that possession game and play keep away, right? So if you keep the ball away from leads for long enough and you starve Rafinha and you starve uh, Daniel James and uh, Rodrigo in the middle there, I, I think we stand a better chance, right? Now, Leeds don't necessarily play a super aggressive press, but they play a very disciplined press. 
So we can't have any of these uh, 60, 70% passing accuracy stats, right? If we, if we are mobile, if we are passing well, I think we'll be okay in this one, but yeah, we just got to keep the ball away from them far as much as we can which is why also i think we need van de beek at least to start like he's got to start at least like he will be absolutely got to stop this one yeah, yeah. he's um, got to stop this one yeah i mean i'm seeing a tweet right now from from everton uh from the toffee blues the Ever- everton newsfeed saying i would genuinely consider asking cole or baines if they fancy 90 minutes on the weekend <laughs> same same I don't. I literally don't know who's going to play left back out there. So we shall see. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Touch on Calvin. Um, so you know, just 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 on that stats piece, what I just mentioned about the the Leeds press, right? So Leeds actually lead the league in passes for defensive action, right? Which basically means how many passes will their opponents string together before a Leeds pl- player closes them down. And Leeds actually leads the league in that. They're like just ahead of Liverpool, right? So I think Frank Lampard's going to have to be very wise in how he approaches this game, right? Because if players like Alan and Gomes are playing in this one, you cannot have them as your outlet because they are going to get closed down very, so very quick. quickly. Yeah. So I think you mentioned that earlier, right? We need to see a good mix of long balls, short passes, yeah. and, and mix it up. And keep them guessing, keep them, keep them scrambling, and that, that's going to be the way to do it. Yeah, I want to see balls from, I want to see it quick played into the midfield and then quick played down yep. the flanks, in behind the defense, yeah. into those channels on the outsides of the 18-yard line. Right. That's got to be what and you're And Calvert-Lewin's, yeah. Calvert-Lewin's hold-up play, I think, is, is, we, we do, is we've really yes. missed it because Richarlison is not the same kind of player. You cannot play a, a long ball or a no. high clearance to Richarlison and have him bring it down for someone. But yeah. I, you know, I, I can think about say Gordon running into a gap behind their left back uh, off a header from a goal kick by, by DCL. That's exactly the kind of uh, place where we need to yeah. take advantage of like Stuart Dallas. So, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Um, Calvin, thank you as always for, for joining me. I appreciate it. And yeah, thanks, you know, and to you guys out there, uh, thank you as always for listening, for subscribing, for, for following, downloading the episodes. We appreciate it. We just hope that you keep doing it. We'll keep bringing you guys these episodes. Hopefully things turn around for Everton. Uh, but that's it for us right now. And we'll talk to you guys next time.